It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. The Guy Benson Show Sunday Replay. The week's most interesting interviews with senators, commentators, and newsmakers. Giving you a replay just in case you missed it. The Guy Benson Show. Joining us now is another friend of the program, Megan McCain, author of the new book, Bad Republican. It's her first memoir, and it's exclusively on Audible, so it's an audio book. She has read it with her own voice. She is a friend of ours, and we are very happy to have her here. Megan, hello. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you today. We are thrilled to have you. I actually have to ask you this question. Why did you decide to go with an Audible exclusive. I know people love audiobooks. A lot of people who bought my book with Mary Catherine Hem, end of discussion, they bought the audio version. We narrated it, which is, as you know, actually harder than it seems to read all of it and you know, do overs. You can't stumble over anything. People love audiobooks, but some people, you know, prefer to actually have a hard copy or a Kindle or whatever. What inspired you to make this decision to say, no, it's an audiobook in my voice. This is the way we're going to do this. So the people who tend to like things I create tend to be a lot like me, and I have, like, data and research to back this up. And the way I consume, and maybe it's embarrassing to admit, but I consume most of my books through audio and audible, and part of it is I have a one-year-old. Part of it is I just live, like, sort of a very kinetic lifestyle. Part of it is, like, I just find the moments that I have space where I want to read something. I'm also doing other things, like putting on my makeup or driving in the car, getting ready in the morning. And I just thought that, you know, people are really living a different kind of way now, and they would like Mm -hmm. this differently. I also thought that um, so much of my life and my stories, especially the past five years, have been told through, like, the lens of another person. And I really wanted to make really clear that, there was no way to misinterpret the stories I was telling or what I was saying. And sometimes you can misinterpret things just in the written form. And I'm a talker and a storyteller and I just really liked this opportunity and I just thought it was different. And yeah, yeah that's why I chose to do it. And Audible has been incredible to work with. It's, and the response has been, I'm so pleased and happy and like just honored, honestly. And everything that you just said, I think was like totally cogent and reasonable explanation for it. And you said it's maybe embarrassing to admit. I don't think it's embarrassing at all. So many people just read books the way that you do, listening to them. And it's uh, a growing trend, and you're leaning into it. The title is Bad Republican. And first of all, uh, some of these photos that they've taken of you for this photo shoot to promote the book, these are just fire emoji photos. I just have to put that out there for the record on the air. I'm very impressed with how great these photos turned out. The title is Bad Republican. And... I thought it was so clever because immediately when I saw the title before I knew anything else about the book, I had initially an interpretation of what that meant. Then I thought about it again. I said, wait, actually, maybe she means it this way. And I was like, well, conceivably, there's a third way that I'm imagining bad Republican might fit with Meghan McCain. And I wonder if that was sort of ambiguousness that was intentional on your part because that term bad Republican might apply to you based on critics or whatever, from various different vantage points. 
Yeah, so much of just like even the marketing with the book has been leaning into what critics and haters have said about me. And I we called it Bad Republican, which it's funny, my agent came up with it because so many things I'm offered to do, if it's like speaking or, you know, whatever, stuff on TV or in media, it's always to be like the token bad Republican on a panel or on a project on a show to be like the <laughs> one conservative out of like 10 million liberals. So like that's the bad Republican. And then when I go into conservative spaces, there's a distrust for me because of my, right. you know, like long storied history of hating Trump and the Trump family hating me and my family back. So there's just like no space that I have a place in where it's where I'm like comfortable and where people seem 100% comfortable with me. Um, so that's, it was meant to be tongue in cheek. It's meant to be funny. Um, I, I just, I just thought it was like easy. It was kind of like, like catchy, like hashtag bad Republican. No, and it's perfect. People really respond. Thank you. Thank no, you. No, it, it, it fits perfectly. Like maybe give like a little bump or bonus or something to your agent. Cause it's, it's genius. It's exactly perfect for you and who you are and your reputation and your sort of, because people say, oh, well, if you're going to clap back at haters, that's awfully defensive. Well, I mean, you can keep your mouth shut or you can speak out and you aren't really the type, quite honestly, to keep your mouth shut. So, you know, you have the platform. Why not go for it? Yeah, I mean, I always say I'm a lover, not a fighter, but I'm actually a fighter. So watch yeah, what you do to me. Like, <laughs> I, know, you're I a fighter. Really, <laughs> yeah, like I, I just, you know what? I am 37 years old. I have a child. I'm in a really interesting space in my life. I feel like I've accomplished a lot and I just feel like I don't have anything to apologize for. And I really wish that society would make more spaces for strong women because it's still really threatening. It's still something people have a problem with. And then adding like being pro-life and bleaching your hair on top of it. And you're basically the most controversial person in the world. And I get that there are people that like to live their life in a safer way. Everybody has their own journey. But for me, like I'm all fire all the time. I will take the risk. I will gamble. I will take the leap and I will call out garbage and BS any place I see it. And sometimes it ends up great, like with this book that's doing incredibly well. And then sometimes it ends up poorly and I'm comfortable with whatever outcome. Yeah. And part of what's gotten a lot of attention about this book, Bad Republican, is your departure, your voluntary departure from The View, right? That's sort of a hostile environment for conservatives. There's no one who's going to deny that, who has eyes and ears. And it's not really something, however, that's done where someone voluntarily on their own accord says, you know what, I think I'm out and walks away from that show. Typically, there's, you know, people are fired and they come or they, you know, they resign. There's some big controversy. You just said, I think I'm done. I know they want to keep you, but you made this decision for yourself and for your family and all of that. And then you have, you know, dished and spilled a little bit of tea in the book about what it was like to be the lone conservative at The View with that looked like on a day-to-day -day basis and there were times where you ended up in tears because things were said you know nasty things and you weren't getting you know support from some of the other ladies or even you know the team over there and i just wonder as you look back on that have you gotten any pushback from your former colleagues at the view like hey we wish you hadn't said these things or have they not really bothered reaching out on that front because they know that ultimately you're going to do your own thing no matter what? Because that's what you did very successfully for them on that show for years. Well, I've talked to Sunny quite a bit. We are good friends, just like legitimately off air. And she sent me the, this wonderful message of support, especially about postpartum anxiety. She knew a lot of what was going on while it was going on, as, by the way, did you. And thank you for never leaking anything to the press, because we are friends off of yep. radio as yep. well. 
Um, You're welcome. You know, I, I literally, so much of my life I do in boxing metaphors. I actually open up the book with two quotes, and one of them is from Rocky Balboa. And I literally just felt like I was on the mat, like no moss. Like, no mas, you're not going to beat the crap out of me anymore, especially. And I detail, I only talk about the view in one chapter of the book, and I understand why it's getting so much attention because I'm of curious course. about talk show drama as well. I'm curious about media drama. Um, but it just really, it was when I came back from having my daughter, I had a really very difficult childbirth. I had an emergency C-section. I had postnatal preeclampsia, and I was hooked up to a magnesium drip for a week. I Physically and emotionally, I had a really difficult time just getting back to any sense of homeostasis. It was in COVID. My poor sister-in-law had to come over and, like, help me shower and, like, help me eat. And my husband had to help me. And it was very humbling. And then I was diagnosed with postpartum anxiety, um, which is, is like the sister of postpartum depression. And I was having a really hard time functioning in the sense that um, you have so much anxiety, you like love your child so much. And this is how it manifested for me that I was worried that everybody that hated me would like try and kill her or kidnap her. And I could not let anyone else take care of her to like the point that it was, it was immobilizing. And when I finally was able to go back to the show, I took much longer getting back on my maternity leave than I thought my second day back. Um, and I was still really in shell shock. I mean, Joy did in this like now infamous clip saying she missed me zero and I had a panic attack and threw up in my dressing room and I go through the whole thing in my last chapter. And it was just Mm -hmm. this moment of my life where, I mean, you know me, like, I'm just, I'm a pretty black or white person. And I was like, this is not, this is no longer worth it for me, for myself. But also now I have a child involved in this crap. And like, I'm not going to subject her and my husband to the, to like me having panic attacks at work, because there's no civility to be found with my liberal counterpart. Yeah. And, and on that front, last question about the view here, you know, and and actually we're both friends with a few of the people that they're now cycling through, kind of auditioning some folks. There's going to be a conservative on that show again. There have been before. There will be again. Whoever they end up choosing at The View, having been there and fought the battles and seen what it's like behind the scenes, what advice would you give to the next conservative or right-of-center woman that they hire on that show? This is this is tough. I've actually been asked this before, and candidly, there have been a lot of women who have auditioned who are reaching out to me, like most of them. And, you know, it's difficult for me because some people that are auditioning, like, you know, our friend Mary Catherine, like, incredibly smart, really, like, amazing reputation has been in this industry a long time. The view is still a different animal because it's very personal. And, like, anything that happens in your personal life is used, and it was used at least in my situation, like for negative gossip and tabloids. And I think I would just tell them um, to keep your cards close, document everything that happens to you and be more like, be more vocal about what's happening in real time than I did. I think I was so, I was going through so much in my life that I, I may like, well, that's, it's not true. Cause I actually complain to executives a lot, but I think I would just tell them that um, you're going to be amazing. You're going to be great. Call me if you need anything. And um, I would honestly say, like, I really hope part of the reason why I wanted to speak out was because I don't want women going back to work after they have babies going through what I did. But I hope maybe speaking out because a lot of times I hear I I run into ex-hosts who have horrible things to say about the show, but they do it like privately at parties. And I was like, I don't live like this. You know me. Mm -hmm. I mean, get like two glasses of wine in me. I'll tell you my life story. (laughs) Maybe not even two. Yeah, maybe maybe like a quarter of one glass. And I just didn't want to be in a situation where I was a hypocrite, if that makes sense, where where yeah. I, I said I, I left one way and there was a, a different reason. But the reason I said I left was true. I do prefer living in Washington, the Washington, D.C. area than I do in New York for all the obvious reasons. Yeah, and that's where your 
husband is, where your kid is, and you know that's where your life is now. So I, no one's going to fault you for that. You did, by juxtaposition, talk about your support system of women here at Fox News, where I work, where used to you used to work as well, of course, and we have all sorts of mutual friends on that front. Just a very different vibe from your female friends and colleagues at Fox versus some of what you experienced at The View. I know you've spoken about that a little bit publicly, but, you know, with, with that cast of characters, you know, Kat Timpf and Janice Dean and Dagan McDowell and the list goes on, I think that's something meaningful. Yeah, I mean, I I loved my time at Fox. I did not leave in an acrimonious way. I left because my dad was diagnosed with brain cancer and I wanted to help him. And I just, when so much of my life was happening that was like chaotic and intense, I mean, I have a, I text these women, like I'm not exaggerating, like 50 times a day. And I just, <laughs> I don't know, having a woman like Kennedy where I say, oh my God, my dad has been diagnosed with brain cancer and she comes over within like 20 minutes. I mean, sisterhood, that's unusual, I yeah. think, for for women in this industry and media. But, but that's very Kennedy. Reason, that's very Kennedy. Very Kennedy. I know. And she brought over whiskey or whatever. But I think that it's just, um, <laughs> I think there's a sisterhood. I really think, you know, I have nothing but positive things to say about Fox. I am not joining Fox, by the way. People are interpreting this as me being like, I'm like coming to Fox News. I am not. I have not like signed anything or been offered anything. So just putting okay. that out there. Um, but I just really, I wanted to point out that like, I've worked in environments where women support each other, and then I've worked in environments that were the total opposite. Last question, and we have about two minutes left, if that. You are not afraid to mix things up, including with people that you've known for a very long time. And just in the last few weeks, you've had some pretty critical things to say about Joe Biden, and you've known him and family friends. You're like, I don't know who this guy is anymore. And then Lindsey Graham, you came out saying, whoa, don't pretend like, you know, you're speaking on behalf of our family, even though he and your dad were such close friends in the Senate. Talk about that where it's it's got to be strange where you know someone so well and yet you feel like a brushback pitch is necessary. I hate it. I hate especially this recent thing with Lindsey Graham. I mean, I, I don't know if I could hate it more. It's been horrible. And I just feel like he, you know, he had some things to say about uh, some some, you know, memories I have of my life uh, that apparently his memory of my life is different than the experience I had living my life. Um, and, you know, I, I don't want to speak negatively of people who at one point in time were close with my dad. I, but I also will defend myself and I will defend my work and I will defend my life. And um, he doesn't get to speak for me. And like, he's not a spokesperson for Megan McCain nor the McCain family. Um, and, you know, I don't want to go like too deep into it because honestly, it's just been extremely emotionally taxing to have this happen. Sure. I was, and I would like to say also that I made the second move. I never, ever would have brought something like this public in my life because I think it's distasteful and just bizarre and gross. But I will defend myself if like, you know, if it's I like need the Trump to. line, you're a total yeah. counterpuncher, counterpuncher <laughs> only. Right. <laughs> Megan McCain. Author of the book Bad Republican. I don't want to push you too hard on it, and I, you know, but sometimes you say it. You know, you know the Bidens too. You're like, no, this is not this Biden. I'm not on board for this Biden. And you can read all about all these things that we've been talking about. You don't really read it. You hear it in her own voice. Bad Republican is the audio book exclusively on Audible. Megan McCain, author, TV personality, mother, wife, friend. Awesome to have you here. Let's do it again. Thank you so much, Guy. I appreciate it. It's been wonderful speaking with you.
You bet. Talk to you soon, and we'll see you off air. I'll get you more than one quarter of a glass of wine. I promise you that. Megan McCain on The Guy Benson Show. We'll be right back. That was this week's edition of The Guy Benson Show Sunday Replay. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.